0: Anyway, I thought the 27th Amendment or something made it illegal to play the Super Bowl in the same city of one of the teams participating.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Happened two years in a row now.
0: See, here's the thing. I Wait, we'll circle back to that. I picked a high enough number of amendments thinking that there was no 27th Amendment, but there was. Hmm. The 27th Amendment to the United States Constitution prohibits any law that increases or decreases the salary of members of Congress from taking effect until the next election of House Representatives had occurred. Was there really a worry that Congress just, they would suddenly be a swell of bipartis- <laughs> bipartisanship and they'd be like, fuck it, let's get paid? That's an actual amendment? Wait, the 27th Amendment was repealed? No, no, sorry, the amendment was not ratified. Mm. Wait, so is there a 27th Amendment or not? Anyway, this was a dumb joke about football that didn't really go anywhere. But you know what? People people got to be in on on the sausage making, so it's fine. We're not cutting that. Nope. Anyway, so but like the the bigger news related to the football stuff. So um, this weekend, did you see the whole um, the the Pepsi marketing thing?
1: Uh, I I was only half paying attention to the commercials this year. I have to admit, so well, I I missed that.
0: Weren't they like a marquee sponsor of most of the football things?
1: I feel like they frequently are the headline sponsor for the halftime show. Yeah. I don't know if they were this year, though. I feel <clears throat> like the Pepsi halftime show is a phrase I've heard before.
0: Yeah. So that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the bigger um, Pepsi deal. So uh, 18 years ago, do you remember this? This is, is going to be a blast from the past. Uh, Apple and Pepsi teamed up. This was in the height of the... um. The RIAA was suing everybody for downloading music on Napster and LimeWire and Scour Exchange. Oddly enough, uh, founded by Uber founder Travis Kalanick. But yeah, they they partnered to give away 100 million free songs on iTunes. And you had to redeem codes that were under the cap of Pepsi 20-ounce plastic bottles. Do you remember this at all?
1: No, I don't think so. So I
0: sent you a link to the archive.org capture of um the free song giveaway. This was this was back in March of 2004, but I believe this was a Super Bowl tie-in. And there's also a link that you can drop into the show notes that is a... Um, so Pepsi's Super Bowl ad in 2004 was... Who's the band? Well, so I don't—I forget the original band, but it's it's Green Day's version of "I Fought the Law." Um, it's a bunch of kids that were actually sued by the RIAA, and they were. Then the whole premise is that I'm going to keep downloading music for free, but it's because Pepsi and Apple—Apple Apple gave me some sweet discount codes for free ninety-nine cent tracks. It's very bad, but the reason I bring this up is that Apple's come a really a really long way. From having to partner with the also ran of the cola wars, and having to give away ninety-nine cent songs that were included with sugary beverages. I don't know, like f- fifteen years is a long time,
2: huh? Yeah,
1: that's that's. Hmm.
0: And the the, that's the an interesting point. The weirder part is that after uh, after everything all shook out. Only about five million of the songs were actually claimed, which is it's fine. But five of
1: five of a hundred million,
0: yeah. I, I guess people dislike Pepsi that much.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, is it because that's always been the like? It's kind of like the like. Oh, why don't they make the the entire airplane out of the black box? Like it's it's the stupid comedy joke where. um like you go to a restaurant and then they say you ask for a coke and then they say dejectedly, "Is Pepsi okay?" Like cause nobody actually ever wants Pepsi, <laughs> right? Like I mean, we—I think we both—I—I I swore off sodas in God when I was like, like second year of college when I just I, I learned what sugar does to your body, and I think you also have entirely excised sodas from your life, right?
1: basically at the exact same time of life after having access to essentially unlimited soda as part of the freshman dining plan and realizing after that year that soda needed to, um, be eliminated.
0: Yeah. One of the things, and this is, this is, didn't know I was going to go here, but freshman year, wait, where, where, where did you stay? What, what, what was your by proximity, your closest dining commons?
1: Uh, the, the DLG. Yeah. The the classic.
0: So the thing with that one is, and this, this is going to be relevant to nobody other than people who went to, uh, the best UC, uh, UC Santa Barbara in the Mm -hmm. late two thousands. Uh, they had a thing, and this is, this is more of a young man's game or a young person's game. I can't, I can't eat this late anymore. I mean, I can, but it's worse for my body, but they had a thing called late night.
1: They sure did. Yeah. Which was
0: very good because you can get yourself like kind of some like low grade like ballpark food. Like it was it was all very much like lunch food.
1: I mean, you, you could get french fries, What what more do you need to know?
0: You totally could. And they also had um I, I was famous uh in my very, very, very small niche at, at UCSB uh for making a very, very good knockoff chicken sandwich uh that was based off of what you could get at uh the De La Guerra Dining Commons late night. <laughs> is that so? Have I never told you this? <laughs> no. <please laughs> well, now, well, now we'll, we'll move on because again, I'm, we're, we're supposed to be talking about Pepsi, but <laughs> are we? I, I, this is going to be a very very short and uh, messy episode because I'm not very prepared and not a lot happened. So, but yeah, uh late night was cool, but eating late is bad for you. And also, the New York, the New York Times, and a bunch of compete, like competing publications. They like the New York Times has that well section. That always has like these clickbaity articles that are like, oh, is it better to exercise uh, early in the day or late in the day? Apparently I do everything wrong and you should never eat after like six o'clock, and exercising at night is also a fool's errand, so I I don't even know anymore.
1: Yeah, not not to like put you on blast or anything, I do? but you you do sometimes work out exceptionally late. Like you, well, you go for runs very, very late in the evening. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm getting notifications you gotta that, that you've completed a workout meet that and it, like while I'm going to bed.
0: Well, but that's because so I. All right. Well, we'll, we'll turn this into because I uh, can't afford therapy the normal way. We <laughs> uh, spoiler. That's what the show has been for eight years. Um. Yikes. <laughs> I assume it I'm, goes both ways. I'm sorry. I'm getting it. Uh, uh, mistakes I? have been made. No, I'm, I'm 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 absolutely kidding. Um, yeah, I, I I can't get up early. Like I can get up early for things, but I if the choice is a nice cozy warm bed and going for a run like at six forty a.m., like I'm just never gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas getting like a second wind and kind of like the shame of a day almost being entirely over, and then thinking, well, I've got like two hours to make this count. That is what fuels like 10, 12 p.m. Pacific time shame runs. So do you,
1: so you've eaten dinner before that, I assume.
0: Uh, it's complicated. Oh, man. No, like, because also, because, but that's the problem. Do you remember that episode of The Office? Again, I promised that this was not going to be a good episode, or it was not going to be a a well-constructed episode. Do you remember the episode of The Office where for some reason, like, they're doing a fun run or something? Yeah. But then Mm -hmm. uh, Michael gets the incorrect, idea of what carbo loading is and he just eats like a ton of like fettuccine Uh, as like while
1: running i do i do remember that yeah
0: um yeah i i i I can't run after i've just eaten so that's
1: why i was asking yeah so
0: yeah i usually just eat a very light dinner i'm not i'm not i'm not a big dinner guy but i'm also not a big lunch or breakfast guy so i'm not i'm not big on i'm i'm big on snacks at 11 06 p.m
2: hmm okay
0: Anyway, Pepsi gave away free songs, and it didn't really work. And but the, the sorry, the reason I brought this up is one it's because of the Pepsi I, I watched zero minutes of this Sunday's football festivities, mm-hmm. but the big thing was the Pepsi halftime show, which I have no idea how this jogged my memory of this weird, so weird promotion. But this also was like the time of when did the um the iTunes Rocker phone come out. Like, cause this was back when, like, cause I guess this is my point is that in 2004, even though Apple was kind of riding high on the success of the iPod, they were not really in the market position to, cause like the, even back then the premier partner would have been Coca-Cola, but no, Apple had to settle for Pepsi. Like the, like they're like, they went to... McCann, Erickson, or whatever. I'm trying to think of a Mad Men related advertisement. They went to Sterling Cooper, Draper Price, and like, well, now we can't get you Coca Cola, but we can get you Pepsi. And then Steve Jobs is like, fucking fine, Don. And, but yeah. And then that's when they, like, maybe a year later, they, they made the Motorola iTunes phone. Was it called like the Motorola E7? Motorola iTunes phone. It was the it was the rocker E one, and it had like the jankiest version of iTunes running on it. And it was it was really bad, but Tim, uh, but uh, Steve Jobs had to stand up there on stage and pretend it wasn't a pile of shit. And it was it was it's just it's a very very different time. And now, this is the through line, is that we're in a position where Apple is just so greedy and powerful that they're trying to extract twenty seven percent from very kind. Uh, Danish people
1: i'm trying to rem- i had the rocker and i'm trying to remember if
0: no you had the sliver didn't you
1: did that was it the sliver that the I
0: rocker had? was the one that looked like kind of like a nokia phone so if you just google r-o-k-r-e-1
1: oh you're, yeah you're you're right because i yeah that, that's right i had the the non-flip version of the razor yeah yeah, I think it was
0: I'm called right. the sl- uh S L V 7 was
1: mm-hmm. maybe what you had. Yeah, that's that sounds about right.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Apple's in a very different position and yeah. uh success has uh made them do a lot of dumb things. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe things will come crashing down soon or I don't know, we'll see. All right, anyway, I, so this was a, a long way of trying to avoid talking about football and the Super Bowl. How was it?
1: The game itself was was good. It Score was close. Was tight. Yeah. Yeah, it was I and mean, it was it was back and forth. Um not not a ton of penalties or anything. Yeah, the the game itself was good. Um the halftime show was solid.
0: Can you explain this uh Jason Snell tweet to me?
1: So so
0: I I I googled the video.
1: Okay, but I yeah. I guess
0: maybe the Apple reference is too far out of my memory. I don't yeah, I don't entirely get it.
1: So they being Apple as part of their um video presentations the last couple of years have been using this quite elaborate um home set whenever they've been demoing any kind of home kit or home pod related stuff and the halftime show this year the set was basically like kind of a big house that that looked <laughs> strikingly similar to that Apple home set, where it's like you're looking at the side of a house where like Over the like, front wall's been removed,
0: yeah, where you, okay I, I remember now, okay, and I thought I that was
1: pretty good. I thought that was pretty good
0: that's a very niche niche comedy, but good job, Jason
1: um my biggest takeaway from the Super Bowl, at least on the the advertising side was um there were a lot of e v ads. And I actually had this thought about halfway through after a number of these ads had run where I was just thinking like, how many of the cars that have been referenced so far can you actually buy or even have a chance of buying in like the semi-near future? And I actually so thought can... about doing some homework and and actually digging into it and come prepared for the show. <laughs> and you but, feel the better of it. well... I just happened to stumble across The Verge did exactly the article that I would have wanted to put together if I had the the time to do the research because
0: who 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 were the
1: advertisers? So uh, there was um, GM.
0: Is it was it Malcolm Gladwell again?
1: uh, I don't think so. No, there was BMW. There was a Polestar.
0: Did you get that out on the daily as well today? i
1: have been advertising hard on the daily lately. We'll 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 get back to that. But yeah. Um oh, I feel like I'm I'm missing somebody here. Um I I can't recall if maybe like Hyundai and or Kia did ads too.
0: I don't think Hyundai or Kia. Like, cuz a lot of the um the Japanese and Korean automakers they're like t- Toyota is very 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 resistant to going full EV. And they're almost on all entirely hybrids. Do, does Kia even make any EVs? Well, no, they, they, do, they make so, EVs. Yeah, the, so, so both,
1: so the, so the hun, so real-time follow-up, Hyundai and Kia were two of the advertisers. See, there, there were so many of them, I, like, lost track. And so the, the Hyundai is the Ionic 5, and the Kia is the creatively named EV6.
0: Oh, and they have a knockoff a Sony Ibo. Oh, um, that's
1: cute. But yeah, so we'll, we'll link to this Verge article, but it, it sort of proves out what I was thinking while seeing these ads, which is like you, you can't buy any of these cars and, and you're not going to be able to for some time, which, you know, I've, I've been on this beat for a long time, which is these car manufacturers need to actually start shipping EVs before they, you know, start advertising on the Super Bowl. And the the Polestar ad in particular is is quite egregious because it's it's <laughs> it's it basically making fun of all other car manufacturers, and it's like, well, yeah, but 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 and including oh, like they, Tesla, okay. and it's like, but yeah, but they're actually like shipping cars. So,
0: yeah, so l- l- let's zoom out a little bit. So they they keep advertising on the daily, and and they <clears throat> they um. Updated their ad copy, which I assume mirrors what was in the Super Bowl ads. I think so it's th- very
1: similar, yeah.
0: So today, I got uh, on the daily, there were three ads for Pulsar, which again is Volvo's. Um, they took the name that they used to have for their performance-oriented cars, and they now call that just its own separate EV brand. But their whole thing was no greenwashing, no, um, no diesel gate. So they they're going after VW and Audi. Uh, something about, we're not out to colonize Mars. So that was very specifically an Elon Musk Tesla, Tesla thing, but also Volvo slash Polestar only has what they, they have two EV models, one of which they own the Polestar one. They only made like 2000 of them. So that doesn't even count. And the Polestar two is basically a mediocre, lux- uh, midsize luxury sedan, and it's not even a good car. And they aren't moving those in volume yet. So that, how is that? The that does seem like an entire like a waste of money. Where I I get with GM was Ford an advertiser this year?
1: Uh, I, yeah, I think I think they were on there too.
0: I mean, because like the the Ford what's what's the the F one fifty Lightning needs no advertising whatsoever because a lot of people like Americans love their trucks and Tesla doesn't offer one. So therefore, like the F one fifty is it because I. I don't really know what Rivian is, is what their status is, but I yeah, like GM kind of makes sense. Kia, like I'm watching this ad, this, this Robo dog's pretty darn cute. I do kind of think it's weird that every, like, I used to think my car looked weird or like, it, like I thought it was like a, kind of a unique choice, but apparently like every car now looks like that now where it's kind of like this, it's supposed to be like a coupish crossover SUV like the EV6 looks exactly like the Mustang Mach-E which looks like every other crossover these days
2: I don't know but like is this they
0: there has to be a reason that this branding exercise makes sense at this time cuz chip shortage or not why what type of mind share are you buying if nobody can actually buy what you want? Well, that,
1: that's that, that's what I'm saying. And I, so Ford was not an advertiser, but I mean the same thing could have been applied to them if they were because they they similarly are not. I mean they have the Mach E, but it's it's not really widely available. And it, I think if you can find it, like dealerships are marking it up some crazy amount. It's it's kind of it's a whole mess. Um, and you know, the F one fifty like you were saying, I mean, I think that's a ways off. So yeah, I just, I thought it was, I thought it was weird. Um, and in the case of the Polestar ad, I just thought it was just, you know, super eye rolly to, to to be talking this big game for, you know, a a company that's, that's like not actually shipping anything. Um, I like
0: on this Verge article, so there was an there's an embedded tweet from somebody named Riley I,
1: Brennan. I was I was just <laughs> gonna get there. Yeah. Are we gonna
0: talk about the part where uh, not, people
1: are unaware that Tesla makes EVs? Seventeen percent of respondents are not aware that Tesla makes. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, they might just think that they're software makers for the future of self driving.
1: It would have been really really great if they could have expanded on that and asked these people what they thought, like what type of car they thought Tesla made.
0: I mean, I kind of get the part where, um, let me enlarge this, that 68% of people don't know that BMW makes EVs because they don't make any good ones. And the ones that they have coming out are also pretty ugly and probably not very good, but because, but BMW actually kind of made, um, they had uh, also a Super Bowl ad. Do you remember the one where it was, um, Katie Couric and Bryant Gumbel redoing, they had a thing like in the mid '90s when they were like throwing a commercial, and they were like, there was a thing that says like, "Hey, email us a question," and Katie Couric didn't know what the at symbol was. It was a good ad, but like, I mean, BMW has been trying uh, at making EVs for a long time. It's just that the i3 was a objectively terrible car. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I. I. get it but again like there has to be some reason that they're doing it otherwise it's just a futile brand exercise
1: yeah and i'm you know i'm 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 willing to if if in a year from now like gm and polestar and whoever else are like actually shipping these cars in volume like i'll be you know happily proven wrong here but like I, i i'm just i'm just not gonna believe in in these other car manufacturers successfully shipping large numbers of EVs until I actually see it because it's just like Super Bowl ad after Super Bowl ad and like conference after conference where it's it's just a bunch of like vaporware being shown with you know 2024 2025 ship dates and then that gets pushed back even further and it's just you know nobody's done it yet so I'm just I'm waiting for somebody to actually do it I mean there's lots to, you know, there's lots and lots and lots to complain about Tesla and we we do plenty of that but like at the end of the day they ship a ton of EVs and have done so in a way that nobody else has even come close to. So you know, that's something. And they, you know what? And on top of that, they don't advertise. So there's no no Super Bowl ad from them.
0: That is actually a good point. I do like the the ending here. So quote. So now automakers are stuck in the uncomfortable position of advertising a bunch of EVs they don't actually sell because they need people to realize that they aspire to sell EVs one day too, just like Tesla.
1: Yeah. Right. That's yeah. It's, I mean, there's and again, like if, 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 a couple years from now, maybe all this will be a moot point, but I, I need to see it first.
0: So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um any other well, let's just let's just celebrate the end of the football season and that it can be nine months without having to hear about the NFL. <laughs> I am so excited. All right. What else do we have?
1: Well, we've got sort of two big sections. We've got some Apple stuff, and then we've got some T V slash streaming stuff.
0: Well, Let's, let's take like a, a, a detour slash like, let's, take, like, let's take the Oakland maze. Can you explain real quick the, what the lockout is? And then I think that'll, I think the order that you have this all in makes sense.
1: So, I mean, this has kind of happened in all the major sports here in the U S where there is, there's the, the league, which is basically the owners and the commissioner, and then there are the players who are unionized and represented by their union, and the the league slash owners come to a collective bargaining agreement with the players, and that agreement you know governs everything from how much revenue each of those two groups get, you know what the rules are around things like contracts and contract amounts and structures and free agency and blah, 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 all kinds of stuff. And, you know, these agreements, you know, generally are like five, 10 years long. And then once that term is up, they have to be renegotiated. And, you know, they, they're always, you know, in all the leagues, they're always far, far apart to start. Oftentimes the negotiations kind of come down to the wire, but usually the two sides come to an agreement and then everybody moves on. But, you know, every so often in baseball and the other sports, there is not an agreement at the time that the previous collective bargaining agreement expires and then the league basically shuts down or goes into a lockout. And that's that's what's happening in baseball this year.
0: Is a lockout exclusively a baseball phrase? i just I d do, i don't know i don't no, recognize no. that ever being used for to describe like a football or a basketball
1: situation it, it's the same phrase that's been used there was an n b a lockout in uh twenty eleven i think it was, and there was an n h l lockout in uh I think it was a couple of years before that um so yeah no lockout's been a been a phrase that that's used in all the sports.
0: How would a lockout work in a, in a in a league or in a sport that has salary caps? Isn't there already inherently a limit on, or kind of like a structure on how much people involved can be paid? Well,
1: you 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 argue over how big that cap should be. You argue how what what percentage of the cap individual players should be allowed to get. How long those contracts should be. Um, there's also often conflicts around things like rookie contracts because i think it's the case in maybe even all four sports that contracts for new players like actually have like a kind of a a special structure of their own and are sort of like standardized for um all the players um something in that's true of baseball and i think it's true in hockey as well and I, i think it actually might be one of the issues kind of in um, that are being that's being disputed with this baseball lockout is if you send play like if if you draft a player but then you keep them in the minor leagues you sort of like retain the rights to them for longer meaning that they don't become a free agent for a longer period of time so like there's an incentive to play a player like in the big leagues but then send them down before they like trip whatever threshold they get to to have that season count as like a season until their like rookie deal is up like i'll put an article to the athletic in the notes that goes through like all the nitty-gritty details to what the league and the players association isn't agreeing on but it's, it's it's all that it's all that kind of stuff and it kind of, it. I mean, the the consensus going back to when the lockout started at the end of last year was that the two sides were really, really far apart. And of all the four major sports here in the U.S., the Baseball Players Union and Major League Baseball have had the most contentious relationship. And so between that history and between the particular circumstances of this lockout, everything I've been reading is that there's just, there's probably not going to be a season or there's going to be some very contracted season this year. And that, that kind of seems to be where we're headed. And then, like spring, spring training was, was already supposed to have started this week. And that's, you know, that's obviously not happening. So,
0: lastly, do others are, do other sports, all, do all the players have unions generally?
1: All, yeah all all of the all the four major sports here in the u s have a union yeah hmm. so it's it's kind of the same it's the same dynamic it's a lot of times it's sort of like the same types of issues that that you know no matter what the league is or no matter what the sport is the the things that they're disagreeing on are are often you know pretty similar
2: hmm. cool so thanks. thanks for explaining mm-hmm
0: all right, well, the one thing that everybody has to look forward to this year now has a date. Mm-hmm. So you're finally on the succession bandwagon, but ahead of that, in terms of TV that people need to be watching, is Better Call Saul, which is one of the best TV shows that's come out in the in, in the past decade or two. Um. So the final sixth season has a premiere date which is may of-
1: a- april 18th yeah um, which um you know on one hand so that, that it's kind of an interesting date because so that this hollywood reporter article that we'll put in the notes points out that um the finale of season five aired on april 20th of 2020 um And I, you know, obviously, like, the very early days of the pandemic, and I totally remember thinking as soon as that final episode was over that it was going to be a really long time until that show came back, just because, again, it was, like, super early COVID days where, like, everything was shut down, and there was, like, kind of no signs of things coming back for a while. So I actually think the show coming back in basically two years it exceeds exceeds my expectations from two years ago and actually even once amc announced that it was coming back in 2022 i kind of assumed it was going to be like maybe summer with with the latter part of the season airing like in the in the fall but but no it's it's going to be earlier in the year which is great and
0: then with that amc has a long history of doing the whole B.S. uh, split the final season of something into two and make you wait a long time for it. So with that, I mean, yeah, you're thinking maybe late 2022 for this and then maybe well into 2023 for the remaining half. But no, there's going to be a maybe one and a half month gap in between the first seven and remaining six episodes of the season, which is uh, pretty great. Yeah,
1: it's so it's it's um, April 18th, the premiere date. We get seven episodes from there. There's then a six-week break. And then the um, final six episodes begin airing July 11th. And uh, this Hollywood Reporter article also points out that the cutoff for Emmy considerations is in June. So this has been structured to allow the show to compete in both this year's and next year's Emmy Awards. (laughs) So That's pretty good. It's very, very strategic. Mm-hmm.
0: I see the embedded tweet here with a trailer for it and I'm not going to watch it.
1: No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to watch
0: it. No, no, no. I always wonder, I I don't ever know if Better Call Saul is that widely watched. I really hope it is. But
1: uh... I you know I I I get the sense that it's very critically acclaimed and is very beloved by those who watch it. Like I I think even with Breaking Bad, I don't necessarily think the audience numbers on that were like were necessarily all that big compared to a lot of TV. I think but... up until
0: the last season it was actually pretty modestly watched. It was definitely paled in comparison to Mad Men. But I think that final season was kind of when it, it would just win win nuts.
1: Yeah. Um so that, that's kind of my my assumption of 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 Better Call Sauls. It's it's somewhere in the you know that breaking bad um I don't know,
2: number of people.
0: All right. Something to look forward to. Let's just keep, yeah, keep and plugging in You away. gotta
1: get the you gotta get the um we still haven't come up with a name for this, have we? Um but you gotta you gotta do the thing where you read the Wikipedia recaps of oh. season six or season season five, and then watch. you know, ideally I mean, watch the last couple episodes of season five.
0: I mean, that's your job though. Again cuz this is this is your like this is what you're going to hang your hat on as your legacy is is that idea. So you need to but, give it a, a, a like a, a fun name.
1: That and being mad at the uh lack of 4K TV.
0: You and you alone. You 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 and Chris Nolan. First <laughs> is Chris.
1: Yeah. Mhm. I right, see that yeah, making yeah. mad too. Again that <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, that we could we could agree on that.
0: Yeah. Again, I I I'm I'm off Twitter and I'm too lazy to look it up. But there, again, there was a very very good Twitter uh, meme thing where it was just people watching Tenet in the like on a video iPod and just like the, the different ways that would just make him really mad. And that was a that was a really fun day on Twitter.
1: A little bit of a sidebar. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of kind of to bring it full circle. Hill, like speaking of ads. Anytime I, I I see or hear a movie ad that really really drives home the point that it's only available in theaters, just makes me really not want to see your movie.
0: Can you give me an example of one of those?
2: I can't even think of any. Like, there's or, a movie called um, Death um, uh, on uh, the
0: Nile that keeps getting uh, that just has a million and one um, uh, print ads or, or like bus shelter ads in San Francisco, which. Is that supposed um, to be a good movie? I don't know.
1: I, I actually don't think I've heard of that one. Um, oh,
0: Ninety million budget. Hmm.
1: An ex- an example I I just thought of, um, which we've talked about recently, which I know you're really excited about, is uh, the Batman. Yeah, uh, that's that's made it a point to um, to only be available in, in theaters. And I just I you know I I wish theaters the best, but I just the 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 strong emphasis of only being available in theaters at this time, I just... Doesn't, doesn't do it for me.
0: Well, because everybody's still mad at Jason Kylar for the whole HBO Max thing. So I guess maybe there's a course correcting super hard in the other direction. Hmm. Yeah, sure, it's going to work, though.
1: But, all right. Yeah. We'll see. All but, right. Yeah, better Call Saul. Good stuff. Like, very excited for this to come back.
0: Speaking of HBO Max, it looks like the discover Warner Media deal is uh going to go through without any government pushback so cool i i i have no interest in the combined product i mean cuz cuz like i guess i guess a year from now what what does that package look like is it just called hbo max Max or plus, and it's just now. It's instead of being fifteen dollars a month, it's twenty dollars a month. But you also get Discovery Plus with it, and maybe CNN Plus.
1: So I don't, I don't really um, know what the
0: combined thing looks like.
1: Do you? Do you listen to Downstream still? No. So there. Okay. So I'm not repeating something you've heard there. Um, There was a really, really good discussion about this on a recent episode, and basically, the, the 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 crux of the conversation was that. This deal was announced at a time where HBO Max was really struggling to get off the ground. Like remember it really had kind of a messy launch where it was like supposed to have that big Friends reunion thing and then that got pushed because of COVID and then there was, you know, the whole kerfuffle around the the movie strategy and there were some like early subscriber numbers that showed that like even a large percentage of people that had access to hbo max through their existing hbo subscription like weren't even taking advantage of it there's like all this negative press around the launch of hbo max and that's kind of in the context that this deal was announced but in the you know year or so since then by all accounts hbo max is actually doing really well and is is turned into like kind of a a really well-liked service
0: i mean isn't it basically in the u.s like a solid number two against netflix
1: yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, I think when the deal was announced a year ago, it was sort of assumed that this would all become kind of like one big, you know, mega subscription. And now it's kind of like, do you actually not sort of mess with a good thing that's going with with HBO Max? And do you keep that its own thing and then Discovery Plus its own thing and, and try to do kind of a Disney- Plus Hulu thing, um, it'll be interesting to see what that ends up looking like. Because they're it, both, I mean, they're 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 both good services. I mean, really? I, yeah, as a, yeah, I, I I think so.
0: I I just I'm I'm very disconnected from this, but I just don't feel like uh, Discovery Plus is being like a strictly lifestyle brand OTT product is just like there's just, and I know I'm just speaking like very, very self-centeredly, but like there, there's just nothing in there for me. And I feel like a lot of people would kind of feel the same way where kind of in the whole Disney plus thing where you kind of had like what they had their whole thing of like, we have our five content brand pillars. Like that makes sense. But like, I feel like there's a, a large amount of people for for whom Discovery Plus does nothing for them. But if I mean, all of a sudden... Given,
1: given the sheer popularity of Food Network and HDTV, I, I think you're looking at it well, I guess, very, very narrowly through kind of your own preference. But like
0: Discovery Plus total subscribers. Come on, Google.
2: There's no way they have 20 million they have 18
0: million. Yeah. And that's a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. It's Ooh. Chip,
1: Chip and JoJo.
0: I, To be honest, I think America's kind of. They've maybe moved past Fixer up a little bit. I, I don't think so. Huh. Eh, okay. But, but I, I guess, like, I feel like it would that's the thing about Netflix. It's like, it's, it's everything plus the kitchen sink where like you just have, there's something for everybody. And like, that feels like most of the part of the consolidation strategy and synergy is that if HBO max, like, cause they probably don't want to dilute, even though HBO max was already a strong or a weak dilution of what HBO, the core product was like, just adding, folding in yet another reason to make that a vital subscription seems to make more sense. I just, I just don't maybe get the point of whatever cost savings are gained by having everything under the same umbrella if they're still distinct products. So
1: mm. I'm gonna, I'll send you a a screenshot, and this is just from the Discovery Plus homepage so anybody could look this up i mean sure there's some stuff on here to kind of chuckle out like no, nobody, I, no. I don't know what the dodo is or some of this other stuff but like i mean h d t v food network tlc discovery history channel like that that's a pretty damn broad appealing no, set of content
0: not Really though, I mean, it just, well, but like, I
1: mean, not to you. But no, no, but, like, but
0: but I like, but TLC has nothing other than 90 Day Fiance. Like the the Learning Channel is not a thing anymore. Like it's it's now yet another reality TV outlet. So sure, you get your Lifetime Christmas movies, Discovery Plus originals. That doesn't get to count for anything yet.
1: See, I feel I feel like your view here is like how I view CBS. Where like they don't <laughs> they have like basically all the like top most shows. watched shows in America. And I it's, I look at it and I'm like, there's how does how is that possible? there's nothing here well, because it's
0: i don't I'm gonna make it so you not to edit this out, but it, okay so but yeah, see that's a very astute observation
1: but but i'm self aware of my my narrow view no, I'm, I'm no, trying no, to but, get you to open oh, up that <laughs> discovery plus isn't for you, but no no, no
0: but I, I get it, but what I'm saying is that it's it, it, uh, HGTV and food network like I feel like all those things have value but distinct value to get you to type in your credit card info as its own thing. I, I guess even though it's way more successful than I thought it was, I do think the it having one third, the subscribers of HBO max actually sounds about right. So therefore if they were a combined product, that makes more sense. Like I like it, it's just, it's just a nice to have. It's the same thing about the cable bundle where a lot. I mean, I guess I'm wrong, but most people would not want to sign up for just HGTV on its own, but it does have value in the cable
2: bundle as a whole. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, to, to go back to kind of the original kind of topic here, like I, I'm, I'm just really interested to see what they do because having this all be like a single app. Seems kind of crazy because I, I think already Discovery Plus on its own and then HBO Max on its own they're they're each such a kind of a eclectic you know grouping of content that you know any normal person who looks at those they're like like why is all this stuff grouped together and it's like oh well it's 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 content that's all owned by you know the same big media conglomerate but like nobody knows who owns what. But that, that really is kind of the only thing tying them together.
0: I mean, I think everybody knows all the media properties that their friendly ATT MSO owns. I think I think everybody knows that.
1: Because, <laughs> uh, I mean it, it is really funny when you open HBO Max and it's like Well you know, here's Game of Thrones, the Sopranos, and Friends. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, it'll, it'll yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, my guess would be a Disney plus Hulu thing, which is like, here's, you know, you can be, you, you can subscribe to these individually for, I guess it would be something like 22 bucks a month. If you do the $15 HBO oh. thing and the $7 <sighs> discovery plus thing, and then mm. they'll, they'll bundle it for, I don't know, 1799 and you get both something like that.
0: Like, yeah, they they would do some like type of Warner triple play. Like, I, I don't think Warner Brothers has the brand cachet that they think it might. But yeah, but uh, like uh, some type of like Warner trio or bundle where they, that kind of makes sense.
1: Seems like that's what they'll do, at least for now, but probably over the long run, you could see them trying to just make some, some big mega service kind of in the way that, it sounds like most people think that discovery or um disney plus and hulu are eventually just going to become kind of one thing which is already the case in a lot of international territories
2: so yeah we'll see
0: yeah um all right and then to round this out what judging the super bowl as a whole did you did the influx of were there as many sports betting and crypto ads as people suggested there would be or how 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 did, how did the ad load how did the ad load strike you
1: well i mean the the number of ads was kind of like the same it always was but um yeah i mean a lot a lot of crypto ads holy cow a lot which i mean that that's a whole other that's a whole other thing that's a lot more un unco- a lot more complicated to unpack than the EV stuff was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I it, you know, in my humble opinion, advertising investing in cryptocurrency to a massive wide audience without much in the way of warnings or regulations seems not great to me, but again that's that that's a whole whole other thing.
0: Mhm. Topic for a rainy week. <laughs> All right. Uh let, let's let's try to make this a quick episode. So, let's, let's talk about Apple stuff for a while. Um so was this in this power on newsletter or was this just a standalone story? Nope, standalone story. So, there is light, very extremely likely uh to be a Apple spring event that will basically guaranteed per mark Gurman, have a third generation iphone se and a fifth generation ipad air likely with an m1 processor and um uh, mid-band 5g support on the cellular side and the rest of the rest of it's kind of been up in the air for a while and people have been speculating kind of like oh is that enough to sustain an entire event and people didn't really know but with this story um, wait. Actually, is is this the right story I'm looking at?
1: I think in the in the oh, tweet, in the tweet he, he links, links to, an, to a like to a week an, old story. Yeah. Right. Okay. But then, then, but then he adds the, new
0: detail though.
1: Well, there because there's been some additional reporting by Mac Rumors and others that there's been some regulatory filings for a handful of new Macs because that you know as you just outlined that's sort of like the piece of the event that german and others don't really seem to quite have a good grip on like it seems like there's going to be some kind of new mac or max but nobody quite knows what that's going to be which usually like when you go back and look at this stuff usually the products that have had some kind of major you know revamp or redesign that that's the stuff that's tended to leak over the years and it's it's the stuff that largely looks the same that has just had internal components upgraded that's the stuff that that a lot of times actually does manage to make it through largely unleaked and so that's what makes me think that The most likely thing we're gonna see is is an M1 Pro Mac Mini that's gonna be basically in the same case that the um the high end Intel config currently is in that comes in like this you know the space gray color. I think I think that's probably what we're gonna get in this event.
0: Yeah. So what what's allegedly on the table is a refresh Mac Mini a MacBook Pro that is not the MacBook Air and is not the, like, NotchBook Pro. And also, there's the rumblings of, you got, like, a, the iMac Pro that I'm very, very excited about. Uh, an M2-based 24-inch iMac. Like, like are, are there... Because the the first M2-based product is supposed to be a more substantial redesign to the MacBook Air. Is that, yeah, is I that rumored for this event or is that going to be more of a summer or fall thing?
1: I, I don't, I don't, German's reporting is the M two stuff is coming later in the year. And the idea that like the, the, the smaller iMac would be the first device to get the M two above something like a, a MacBook air. Like I, I don't think that's right at, at all. So I, I think the odds of us seeing any kind of M2 Mac at this event is is very very small. I would think, in order of likelihood, I, I would put that M1 Pro Mac Mini at the top. Behind that, I would put the lower end uh, MacBook Pro that still has the the Touch Bar and you know, basically is still like the Intel design. I could see them allowing an m1 pro config in that so that i think that's another possibility at this event which again kind of holds the same principle that i just described which is the reason there's not a lot of clear rumors is because it's just an internal upgrade to kind of an existing product and that stuff tends to kind of slide through um and then behind that i think maybe like you know the imac pro And some of the other stuff that's been rumored, but I I think the iMac Pro and all the M2 stuff is going to be later, like kind of maybe a WWDC thing. And I think, and I think also the other thing to think about too, is that I would imagine that Apple's going to get through upgrading the whole line before they start talking about the M2. So if I had to guess, I would say that there's going to be the iMac Pro, and even an announcement of the Mac Pro. Maybe if it does, even if it doesn't ship for a while, I think the announcements of those things and and actually shipping the iMac Pro is going to happen before we get things like the rumored um, revamp um, MacBook Air with the M2. Hmm. I think it'd be weird to start talking about M2 products when the entire product lineup hasn't even gotten onto apple silicon so
0: yeah with the caveat of the mac pro which is a much more complicated product to move to that architecture anyway but like yeah that, that kind of makes sense
1: yeah so i i think that i think this event is going to be iphone se ipad air and then an upgraded mac mini with the m1 pro I, That that i would say is going to be the event and then it's we're going to get all the same takes afterwards that I think we also got in the spring event last year which is like did that really need to be an event it was pretty minor like we're we'll get all that stuff but that's that's kind of that's been apple for a little while now like the spring events are a little smaller and you know whatever maybe maybe we'll get another purple iphone or something like that mm-hmm still kind of crazy they included that in the spring event i think it was i think it was last year and then didn't even continue that color in the in the new iphones six months later pretty good
0: yeah yeah there used to be more of a thing in, in the past where like they would all like the iphone i remember buying the iphone 4 twice because i really wanted the white one like they they would do a thing where they would re-release the same product like six months later. I I don't know if it was just a juice sales or what what the thing was, but yeah, you know, the whole like hey, let's add purple down the road or like I think with the iPhone eight, they did the product red ones like six months later. Yeah, weird times.
1: I think they'll also probably fill out this event um, talking about some of the the iOS fifteen point four stuff. So I I could see them highlighting the you know, like the face id improvements maybe doing a little um tap to pay demo thing like that, i think that that kind of stuff could round out the event um mm-hmm. or it could be like the wasn't it the spring event last year where they actually spent the first 10 minutes talking about apple music and we got the like apple music siri only plan and <laughs> <laughs> oh god i forgot that they could do you know that, that's that like the spring event is is sort of like the more minor hardware announcements and then some kind of maybe wacky new colors and or services. So I think that's kind of, that's we'll probably get something like that again this year. Mm -hmm. And I think iMac Pro and probably a preview of the new Mac Pro, I think those will come at WWDC and then we'll get the m2 stuff which will be like the the revamped macbook air maybe a version of the 24 inch imac we'll get that stuff in the in the fall probably like a october event like
2: they've they've been doing the last couple years Mm -hmm. all right um
0: 56 minutes Mm. All right. Uh, a couple of cookies. 49ers got a ransomware attack. I blame Jimmy G for this. Uh, on his way out, he was like, let's, let's make a quick buck. Uh, Google is bringing a version of Chrome OS, what powers its Chromebooks, onto old PC and Mac hardware. And the OS is called Chrome OS Flex.
1: Yeah, this is, this is pretty neat.
0: Oh, I only brought this up because I wanted to say weird flex, but okay. But sorry, do you have something to say about it?
1: I mean, not, not a lot other than it's just, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, kind of
0: because Chrome OS is super like, like I've never, I haven't used a Chromebook for much, uh, like an extended period of time, but it's, it's basically just Chrome and then like links to Google, Google docs or G suite,
1: right? It's been a long time since I've used it as well, but I, I, yeah, I think that's generally what it is.
0: Hmm. I mean, I guess that's maybe a way to give a renewed, like, second life to old hardware. Uh, Well, I'm I'm not, I'm again, not in the target market for this, but I mean, I guess it's cool. But is it, but hmm. I don't, how I don't, I don't get how this would work on Macs.
1: Well, it's, it's Intel Macs. So it's, it's, it's using, you know, I, I guess sort of like the same boot capability that basically any computer that's running an intel chip has because yeah that kind of that kind of surprised me at first too but when you get into the fine print it's it's basically like any intel or i guess it'd be any sort of like what is it x86 or whatever the Mm -hmm. like architecture is computer from like the last 10 years that's kind of like what'll run this thing I know I, I mean I I like the idea of allowing older hardware to continue to be used. Like any any efforts to make that possible I'm I'm in favor of. Mhm.
0: All right, and then eh, last thing before we go. I don't know how much of this you can see cuz I know brand new went subscription only. Um, well, how do you pronounce it? Is it Cho? The the Bay Area based mm-hmm. uh, chocolate brand. Yep. Yeah they they did a big rebrand recently, and there's been a ton of food companies that have done this. I know Haagen and a few others did it recently. Don't love it. Like the the original packaging for Cho chocolate was actually very 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 good, and and for people who are in like designy circles, it was actually um, the very very first one was actually made. In collaboration with Eric Speakerman, who is a very, very famous and uh designer. Um, and it was just absolutely beautiful packaging. And then it went through a redesign maybe five years later. But now it can you at least see the preview where it says holy fudge in the link? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's very it's very bland and kind of strikes me as kind of being like the um the Walgreens nice brand. Like it feels very store brandy to me. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. It
0: feels too conversational and friendly where, especially for a, a like show chocolate, like it's, it's definitely not budget
1: chocolate at all. No, no, certainly like, not. Like it's
0: like uh, it's like $4 for um, like one of those jumbo squares. Like it's a step above Ghirardelli. I don't know. Like I, I, I don't love it and I I uh, they they really need to find a way. Like sites that make you pay for their website, like I mean I pay for this, but there's gotta be a way to share it with other people. But let me let me see if this works. Um I do like this tagline though. So copy image address. Does this work? Yeah it does. Um I'll do this to you. So the packaging for their coffee chocolate one is and it has a tagline coffee you can't spill, which I I, I kinda love. But, I
2: don't know, just like the, the, it seems like a step backwards.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and this this must be, this must be quite new because I've seen Cho Chocolate recently and it was still in, I guess, what is now the old packaging.
0: Yeah, and I, I sent you one more link, which, like, I, 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 get it i th- i think this can sort of work but this feel i don't know it doesn't it doesn't strike me as matching the price point and segment of the market that they target
2: but well eh, it's cool i mean you know. new is always nice except when it's not <laughs> i do like this little gift box where you can get um a six a six pack that's a six pack i can get behind all right chef specials let's do it cool Um, what you got
1: i've got a recipe for you this week um so one of my very favorite things are the (gasps) ginger molasses mm -hmm, cookies from blue bottle
0: did you dm mike (laughs)
1: <laughs> this i actually heard about this on um an episode of upgrade oh the okay. holidays um and evidently blue bottle put out a um uh cookbook um a while ago um or I, at least some a book of like some of their recipes i guess um but um pixelsandcrumbs.com has has actually um put the recipe online which i i guess maybe is some kind of copyright violation but mm-hmm. I, Blue I, ball's I don't owned by don't,
0: nestle i think the, they can stomach it
1: <laughs> don't at me um but anyway so th- this recipe is available we'll, we'll, we'll put the link in the notes I'll, I'll put a link to the actual source book in the notes as well um These have been on my list to make since I heard about them over the holidays, but I just haven't had a chance to. They're, they're a little involved. There's, there's some grating of fresh ginger involved, and then you're supposed to put them in the refrigerator at least for a few hours so that they're not really something you can just sort of like make on a whim. So there's a little bit of work that goes into it, although they're, they're actually not too difficult to make. Um but i i so i made them on sunday and had modest expectations i thought like they'll be good but they you know they won't be as good as like the real thing
2: how is it but but, but they are
1: they're like <sighs> i mean they're like i kind of think like in a blind taste test i would be hard to, <laughs> i'd be pressed to tell the difference like they they're and i'm i'm not any sort of good baker or anything but like Yeah, I mean this recipe is like it's 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 spot on. They're amazing.
0: Is it challenging?
1: Um, I mean the the great like like I was saying, like grating the fresh ginger is a pain. Um, you know there's there's like a set of spices you're supposed to have, and that they all are kind of key to the recipe um it's a bunch of stuff that you're just that you're probably not going to have on hand like there's like molasses and and cocoa powder dried ginger um it calls for black cardamom which which i wasn't able to find but they actually call out in the recipe that if you can't find it you can substitute it for regular cardamom and clove which is what i did but again like all stuff that like you know you're not you're probably not just going to have on hand. So like I I had to go out and buy most of this stuff. Um, but you know once you get past grading the ginger and actually having all the ingredients, it's you know it's not too bad. And the, the nice thing too is that so the dough is supposed to be in the fridge for at least three hours, but then you can also um, keep it in there for like up to five days. The recipe says so. You can make it and then just kind of, you know, bake them kind of as you want them. And they only take like 13 minutes to bake. So you just, you know, pop one out of the oven and then boom, you got a fresh cookie. (laughs) So yeah, these are, these Uh, are delicious.
0: Okay. Um, well now I know where eight hours of my Sunday is going to go. (laughs) because that's the problem is that even though like the actual like active prep time and cook time of this is always probably like in total like 45 minutes somehow i always find uh making a new recipe means like quadruple that
1: yeah so i think like so i'm a very very slow chef slash baker like very very slow and i would say these probably took me Eh, a little over an hour maybe
0: all right i'll facetime you on sunday and and you'll walk me through it because okay. i do not know how to shave a gender plant
1: or- uh, so i did not either but fortunately the lady friend does and i had literally pulled out um you know like a vegetable peeler because i thought well that's <laughs> that's what you use you
0: just use a cheese like the finest part of a cheese grater
1: well, no, I mean to actually like for cause first you have to peel it before you grate it. Oh. And but to to peel it, you use a spoon. Mm. And that actually works exceptionally well. And then yes, to for the grating part, I just used the the fine part of a cheese grater, and that that was fine. Got it. So yeah, these are these are delicious. And a uh uh, spitting image of the, of the real thing
0: back when there was the recipe that kind of, it didn't leak but i guess people found the recipe that was supposed to be in that cut off part of the um one of the apple events for the uh ted lasso shortbread did you ever try to make that
1: no i didn't
0: yeah that's also in my omni focus but it's it's um, it's a lot of work
1: I can't. I can't think of any examples offhand because I, I think it's been quite a while since since I've done anything like this. But I, I feel like in the past, when I've found recipes for things that I've enjoyed, they've always been kind of disappointing and just not as good as the real thing. Which is which is again kind of what I expected from these. Like I expected them to be fine, but but not not as good as the originals. But but yeah, I mean they they totally are. The texture, like everything about them, is is spot on.
0: Okay, I've got homework, mm-hmm. and also I have no chef special, so people 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 can save all the money that they're ba- that they're getting from mine and go buy the ingredients for yours. Yeah, some of those some of those spices are expensive.